couldn't help but be drawn to this, this end of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is ending the sermon by reflecting on these two houses. One that's built on the sand and one that's built on the rock. And if I could have a little bit of liberty, I would say it could be called the parable of the two churches. The parable of the two churches. The church that was built upon the sand and the church that's built upon the rock. But I want to look at what Jesus says about that and unpack that for a couple of minutes with you this morning. This first inaugural service in our own worship space never gets old saying that. This is our space. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you could easily go to the first part of the verses, and maybe that's where you thought I was going to go. Jesus says, narrow is the way, and few that are that find it. Wide is the path, and broad the way that leads to destruction, and many are they that follow it. I could have preached on that. You you know that. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, John uh, says to us in John 14. But but I don't want to stop there, and I don't even get into a lot into the whole... Um, the good trees and the bad trees and the good fruit and the bad fruit and the, the ravenous wolves who are sheep and sheep's clothing, the false prophets. We can talk about that. It's easy to think about the people that found the wide, broad way to destruction. It's easy to talk about the ravenous wolves and the, and the false prophets. I think after living in Gainesville for, since 2002, I've, I've figured it out. It's the people that don't go to church in Gainesville largely go don't go to church because they've got church baggage. They've been to churches. They've grew up in a Christian church and their experience of a wolf in sheep's clothing, their experience of being abused by a pastor or a bishop or a lay leader has turned them and caused them to reject the Jesus of the church. It's not really Jesus they rejected, it's the, it's the church. And Jesus speaks to that, you need to hear that. And we could, we could preach a long time about that and, and to be careful that, we're, we're, that we are certain that our doctrine is right, that we're correct. But that's not where I want to land this morning. Where I want to land on this morning is the, the fundamental part of Jesus speaking to the faithful, to those of us who are in church on this Sunday morning and are in churches week in and week out. Because the last part doesn't talk about them out there, but it focuses on us in here. And it asks the question, are we going to be a church that's built upon the sand or a church that's built upon the rock? Now look at what Jesus says. Hard, difficult words. Some of the scariest words that Jesus utters are right here. Verse 21 of chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many works in your name? And then he says, he will prophesy, he will speak to them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Some translations say workers of evil. Jesus' point is it's not enough just to say the right things. It's whether or not we do the right things. James says in his epistle, don't simply be 
um, those who speak the word, but you know, don't be known by your words, but by your deeds. There's lots and lots of parables. Jesus tells a parable about two sons. One says, Dad, I'm not going into the field. I'm not working. But then he ends up going to the field. The other one says, yes, Dad, I'll go to the field. I'll work for you. But he doesn't go. Jesus says, who is the father more pleased with? The son that goes into the field and works or the one who just said he would go into the field and didn't? In a little while, we'll say our creed. I'm... I'm proud of the fact that we, as, as Anglican Christians, we have a liturgy. It's deep. It's well thought out. It's, it's ancient. And we say right things about God. It's good theology. But if all we do in a little while is stand up and say the creed without living the creed, Jesus says that he'll say of us, I never knew you. You can, you can say the right things, but it doesn't necessarily make it so. You can have the right theology, but if you're not living it, Jesus says, it's for naught. Now, John Stott, famous Anglican from England of the last century, John Stott said, they may claim to do mighty works in ministry, but in their everyday behavior, their works are not good, but evil. C.S. Lewis tells a famous story, and, and, the, and the, not a famous story, but a famous passage in the uh, screw tape letters where he tells the, 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 the fictitious demon that's assigned to this new Christian, he says, let him love the world as long as he despises his own mother. Let him have all these grand ideas about how he loves humanity and how he wants to do all these things, but as long as he is so irritated by his own mother, who he lives with, that... He contradicts himself. Lewis was pointing out that we can, we can do mighty works, but in our everyday behaviors. G- Jody used to say to the kids growing up, who you are in Jesus is who you are at home. Who you are in Christ is who you are at home. In the everydayness of our behavior, we have to make sure that we're consistent. But then he goes on to say, it's not simply what you say and don't do, but in verse 24, he goes on to say, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. You see, it's also not simply just those who hear the right things. You can attend all sorts of Bible studies. You can take all sorts of courses, have all sorts of theological books on your shelf, know all sorts of things about the faith. But if you simply are hearing them and not doing them, then Jesus says you're building your house upon the sand. You can say the right things. You can know the right things. And yet not do the right things. It all comes down to obedience. To obedience. It's as simple as that. Will we obey the things we know? You see, if you ask me, the things that that prevent many people from coming to faith or even exploring the faith in Christ is because they know too many Christians who say it and can talk it, 
but don't live it. But the scary thing for me is that Jesus says if to, to hear the right things and to say the right things, but to not, not to be living it out in obedience is to be, in fact, building our house upon a sandy foundation. Now, we in Florida know all about sandy foundations, right? We know about sinkholes. Here's the best thing about buying a building that you've been watching for 12 years, okay? You know what you're buying, good and bad. But what we know is that there's no, there's no structural failure here. We've watched this building over the last 12 and a half years. We know that this building has not been the part of the building, the campus that has flooded, unlike our community room, which flooded several times, right? We know about sinkholes. We know there's clay in them there hills up behind you. There's clay in the neighborhoods. I used to live down the street, and you could see where the, the house would shrink and, and, and contrast, contract and, and all those scientific words and, that I don't know, and, 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 and cracks formed in the foundation. Some of the people that live in those neighborhoods will tell you that. No cracking and settling. No signs of, of clay shifting in our ground. It's a solid building that we can put time and energy and money into, knowing it's going to be here. But what about this congregation? Are we simply hearers, sayers? We can get real holy and righteous and talk about our good theology, our strong teaching. We can stand up and read the creed. We can listen to good sermons, hopefully good sermons. But are we living it out? My Old Testament professor, and I've said this to you before, but I'll say it again. My Old Testament professor, Alan Ross, said, here's the whole Old Testament summed up in one sentence. Obedience is the evidence of your faith. What you do will, will give away what you love, to quote Jamie Smith in a book that some of us have read. Obedience is the evidence of faith. Not that we are earning our salvation. Not that in any way we could, we could earn anything before God. But to know the God who came as the person of Christ. To be the propitiation for our sins. Sean read that big word. To be the atonement for our sins. Who gave his life to say, this is how much God loves you. That he's willing to die upon the cross for your sins. He's willing to take your place. That he might bring you into a relationship. To believe that is to begin to obey the Jesus who died for you. And that's what Jesus is saying. Don't miss that phrase. If you hear these words of mine, we can't even imagine how controversial it would be for a man, Jesus, to say, to hear, if you hear these words of mine, it is to put himself in equality with God the Father, which is exactly who Jesus was, the Son of God. If you obey these words of mine, Jesus is the rock. He's the solid foundation. We're going to sing, at the close of our service, we're going to sing the solid rock because it's so appropriate. Yes, it is Jesus. But get this, guys. It's not simply knowing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not simply hearing and being able to talk about good ideas and theology and scripture, it's about living, doing, obeying, which is why 
we are called servants of Christ. If there's one thing I would take back when I started the, we started the church 12 and a half years ago, it's I would have preached more about servants of Christ. I know it sounds stupid, but that's, you know, I was pretty stupid back then, I guess. I don't know. I didn't, it, didn't, it didn't dawn on me that I needed to talk more about that image. Why servants of Christ? Well, because Jesus says that if we love him, we'll obey what he says. When we do things as a servant, when we serve, when we get on our knees, even if it's up on the roof over at Littlewood, cleaning out gutters, we are most like our Lord Jesus. If we love him, we will obey him. And if we'll obey him, we'll do what he did. We didn't know that Littlewood was going to put Thank you, Servants of Christ Anglican Church on the sign next door. It's kind of hard to be humble when they put your name up there. That's not why we did it, though. We did it because we want to obey Jesus. Now, this morning, surely in a group of this size, there are those who yet don't know if following Jesus really is the good life, if it really is worth it. Well, I can tell you, for me, at 51, yes, Jesus offers the good life. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But we want to be a place where people can come and ask that question and doubt that and check us out. But when they do... My prayer is that we will be a church of solid foundation. Not just that we say the right things and hear and know the right things, but that we are, by the grace of God, trying to do the right things. That is the church with a solid foundation. And Jesus says that is the church that will last. Amen? Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.